So, hi everyone, this is Benjamin from Sports Tech X. Today I have the pleasure to talk to Ryan from Dazzle. Dazzle is an innovative mobile app and cloud-based video production suite, revolutionizing the live production and delivery of mobile video content. We met a couple of weeks ago at the Spot event in Lausanne, very good event, and many people liked Dazzle, so I thought I should invite them and uh, speak about what they do. But first of all, I want to welcome my guest to the show. So, um, hi Ryan. Hi, Benjamin. Thank you so much for having me on. Cool. Let's jump right in. Let's speak a bit about yourself as a person. So what do you have to know about Ryan? What have you done in the past? What are you doing now? Yeah, my name is Ryan Jesperson. And uh, at Dazzle, I'm working as a VP of marketing and sales, but, but more specifically helping them with um, strategy for the product in the video industry. And uh, I've got over 15 years of experience working in the video broadcast and production space, um, and specifically in live streaming and video over IP over the last 10 years, specifically with Wowza. That's a very uh, well-known name in the streaming industry. So you have been in an industry for many years. So that's the perfect starting point for helping Dazzle as well. Absolutely. Yeah. With helping Dazzle, which is a relatively new product, it's been in R&D for a couple of years. Uh, as they launch the product in the market, um, of course, they need help with, with product roadmap, but also aligning the product with the uh, commercial opportunities that are available, uh, specifically in the sports industry. Cool. Let's uh, speak about that product then. The typical question that you get as a startup, as a young company is, which problem is it that you're actually solving? And of course, you want to know that as well. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I used to be a professional football player when I was much younger. And, uh, you know, I still just right now in, in Spain, where I played and, and where I grew up and where I live now, you know, the end of the season, you always have teams going up and down, getting relegated. And the team I used to play for, because I wasn't a very good player, um, is a lower division <laughs> team. And they're playing, trying to get into a, a higher division in Spain. But these are, are sport events that aren't going to be broadcast by your national broadcasters or or even um, you know, niche broadcasters like uh, BN Sports and uh, BT Sports and so on. These are events that don't get a lot of coverage, but still have a huge audience who want to view them. So what our product is aiming to do is solving the problem of actually producing multi-camera professional broadcasts in a very affordable cloud-based environment. So you don't have to have any equipment on site. And that's really our target audience. And I think the sports industry in general, um, you know, is probably about 90% or more of sport uh, events aren't being broadcast currently. So I think we're really filling the niche of a lot of these grassroots sports, sport federations who want to provide coverage for their events. Very cool. I'm sure that's a very uh, much appreciated solution. And uh, if Dazzle would have been around back then, you would have been even more famous with your football career, maybe. <laughs> no, doubtful, doubtful. Uh, my skills are never that good. <laughs> not as good uh, to be shown on TV? Oh, uh, that's not. Uh, yeah, probably not. <laughs> okay, cool. Um, so let's jump a bit or let's go a bit uh, more in, into detail. I think the listeners understand like the broad idea of what you guys do, but maybe it can be a, more, a bit more precise. So how do you solve it uh, exactly? And what is the special part about Dazzle that maybe comparable solutions don't have? Yeah, I think anyone who's ever tried to produce a live event knows the amount of investment, both people and time and money that needs to be put into producing that event. Um, you know, having a, a live switcher on site, having a live producer, having many multiple cameramen, um, the engineering that needs to go into that. As we've migrated to like an IP infrastructure, you need to have a dedicated satellite or cable connection fiber to actually produce that event and, and distribute from the site. Um, what Dazzle is trying to do is use existing infrastructures that we have now, mobile 
mobile networks over 4G, Wi-Fi, and so on, to actually use mobile devices. This could be your, you know, the phone that sits in your pocket that you can download our free mobile app and capture video and audio on that app, stream it over 4G directly into the cloud, and mix this in the cloud without having to have a producer on site. This workflow is not just for mobile phones, though. We, we actually can pull in live feeds from drones um, that can now stream over 4G connections as well. Um, and of course, 5G is emerging uh, in the industry. And then we can also pull in professional camera feeds from encoders. These could be our TMP encoders, uh, live view packs, or, or different kind of professional encoders that can allow you to bond cellular signals and actually uh, stream from the, the location. But what we're seeing is that a lot of these amateur events, you know, like the Spartan race is kind of this weekend warrior race that's happening. They already have people live out in the field who are monitors volunteering their time and they can just pull out a phone that's in their pocket download our app for free and be a live cameraman streaming into this cloud streaming into this cloud uh, workflow and then that producer can be sitting half a world away producing this event choosing between all those camera feeds as adding graphical overlays and then pushing that out to social media and that gives your audience a nice multi-camera very professionally produced experience but at a fraction of the cost Very cool. And I mean, it sounds almost too good to be true. And that's also connected to my next question. What's the challenging hard part in this process? Whenever you tell that to people, is, is their reaction the same? Are they like, wow, we, we don't even believe that this is possible? Or is maybe the main challenge that 4G and maybe at some point 5G coverage is not so good? Or I don't know, is it just a new process that rights holders have to deal with that is the challenging part? Or is it maybe just the good old technical backbone that is the tricky part. Yeah, I think there's a lot of, of trickiness when you're trying to actually produce an event live. Um, anyone who's ever done it knows the amount of work that needs to go into it. And then when you add the component of having to stream this over the internet, uh, streaming is quite difficult. You know, we think nowadays with pulling out our phone, we can stream to Facebook Live, YouTube Live, Periscope, and so on. It's not hard with a one device, but the minute you try to add a professional workflow into that, uh, multiple cameras, graphical overlays, these kind of features, that's when a lot of the complexity um, gets added to this workflow. And we really think that we've hit you know on something good here with with trying to simplify this workflow and many of our customers aren't live video producers or have experience in the broadcast industry in fact many of them are social media managers marketing managers you know event coordinators people putting on this event and promoting it and our interface is, is very intuitive it really doesn't take a, that expertise to be able to to get up and running within a couple of minutes um, so I think from that perspective you know that the things that have been historically challenging and hard we've really looked to solve and try to simplify um, even something as, as difficult as like intercom you know with different cameramen we've built that functionality into our app so now a producer that once again is sitting half a world away can talk to someone who's using our app um, directly within the app and give them instructions and there's also a live tally within our app that tells you when you're live on air so you can actually pan left right know you are on air and talk to the producer so those are the challenging things that i've seen in the broadcast industry and in producing live events that we've really tried to build into this workflow uh, very cool uh, i mean simplification is definitely one important point i think the other one is also tied to the financial aspect of what, what you're providing so let's talk a bit about your your business model or your your revenue stream so a how do you make money and what exactly can can you share about the structure of how you charge your your customers Absolutely. I mean, we, we really launched the product at IBC in Amsterdam last year. Um, so we haven't made a lot of money yet because <laughs> we're, we're very, really a, 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 tru a truly a startup that's been in R&D for a while. And 
the the other thing that I think bears mentioning that really leads to the economic model is the fact that we are based purely. There's no plugins, no additional software. It's all web native. So we use WebRTC within mm-hmm. the browser to do all of this, and then we deploy this on Amazon Web Services in the cloud. So all these things allow us to use web native technologies and infrastructures to really reduce the cost of producing this event. Um, there's no special software or equipment. You can use your your iPhones and and you know laptops and tablets um, to be able to produce this workflow. Um, the economic structure is quite simple. We have a, a monthly structure for those who produce ongoing events. Let's say a sport federation, they know they do events every week and they can do a monthly structure. Those start at $500 or 500 euros a month. And that includes a certain amount of hours to, to be able to stream live events. But then we have many other customers who who don't have ongoing streaming. Maybe they only do a couple of events a year or even one a year. Many marathons or, or you know different kind of races um, happen seasonally. And for that, you can pay for one-off events. And, and those plans start, once again, as, sim- as uh, affordably as 500 a month um, for a, a one-day event. Uh, and that allows a lot of people to have um, very, very affordable models to do that. In fact, one of the use cases that's going on right now as we're recording this call is the the Dew Tour in the United States. You know, this is a huge skateboarding event. I think it's second biggest to the X Games. Uh, and they're currently cool. using our software to actually do what they're calling the Dew View, which is the behind-the-scenes <laughs> view of the actual professional skaters um, at the event. It's something new they're doing directly to social media. And even though they're doing, you know, a very professionally produced event for the live skating events and all that, they wanted to add a way to actually engage the audience behind the scenes and our you know application was a perfect fit for that with the ability to download the app the actual skate competition you know the skaters can use their own iPhones and be able to record and contribute to this and a producer can then publish this out to social media so those are the kind of use cases that we're seeing a lot of a lot of benefit from that is great and gives a lot of flexibility to the customers as well choosing between those two models according to whatever they need at that moment or that stage they're in yeah, absolutely. And, and I think what's interesting to note here is, you know, yes, we do charge for our service and we, we are trying to make money as a startup. But the reality is, is this is kind of what the sales pitch is to a lot of federations out there or a lot of marketing, sports marketing companies is this is a new revenue source for federations, for events, for agencies, is you can offer this service and provide this service. And a lot of times there's corporate sponsors who actually want to be branded with that because it adds a new dynamic um, that targets a specific audience that they're looking to do. So not only can you offset the cost, cost of using our service, you can actually find it as a new revenue stream. And in fact, we just had a race in um, Mont Blanc. Uh, so Mont Blanc 8, which is the, the local TV broadcaster in France uh, for mm-hmm. Mont Blanc, they just covered a race called the Salomon Maxi Race, which is this kind of endurance, I think it's like 150 kilometer race through the mountains of Mont Blanc. And Salomon, they're like a very big brand in that trail running space. And they got so much value from this that they've actually decided to cover this event with our technology for multiple additional races. So they've seen that the value in being able to reach several thousand, if not hundreds of thousands of users for these events, you know, like the the adventure race, um, the Spartan race that we did last year, they were able to reach over a million viewers with a live stream. You know, so that's a huge amount of potential revenue for them if they're able to to cash in on that with different corporate sponsors. Yeah, very good numbers. And I think that's almost covering the next question that I had in mind, which is about success stories and metrics that you can share. 
I mean, these are really, really good examples. Any others uh, besides this one or those? Yeah, I think definitely Spartan Races has really been able to grow their brand. They're definitely our, our biggest success story, and they've done quite a quite a uh, variety of events across the globe. Um, the biggest one they had, and, and this is concurrent live viewers, is over a million concurrent live viewers for an event um, on Facebook Live, um, which was enormous for their brand. Um, another um, event that just happened recently is we actually uh, have the International Surfing Association did the Longboarding World Championships in Biarritz, France, and actually flew up for that um, to be on site and help the production company with using our technology. And this is a very niche event for them, and they didn't have any professional coverage that was going to any kind of a TV broadcaster. It was all through social. Um, and they were able to get several uh, tens of thousands of concurrent viewers for their events as well. Um, and I, I think those are the kind of events that, you know, if you're looking to actually reach an audience of millions, it's you're not usually going to do that with a workflow like ours. You're going you're to be an event that's going to be already have TV coverage and, and rights yeah. and so on. Our event is really geared to, you know, in the thousands, tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of viewers, because those are the events where the budgets aren't huge and our technology really fills the need and the niche for that. Plus, there are lots of these events out there. So I guess the market is uh, indeed there. Uh, so very nice, if you want to call it niche, that, that you position yourself in. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, by our estimates, just in the sports industry, we think that over 95% of all sporting events that are happening around the globe aren't broadcasted in any way. So you just think about all the youth wow. sports that are out there, all the grassroots sports, you know, there's just not a lot of coverage. And a lot of them have niche audiences, you know, like who's interested in netball, you know, in the UK or, or handball in Ukraine, or, you know, there, there are these leagues where, you know, you know, I'm not trying to minimize them, there's very niche audiences. And you know, these workflows that utilize the internet are a perfect avenue to be able to add exposure for these niche sports. And even esports, we're seeing a huge growth there. And the yeah. use of our technology is a great fit for that as well. Very nice. So there's still hope that either you or I or both of us will, will be shown on, on TV or, I don't know, somewhere online at some point doing sports. Yeah, not as likely with my football nowadays, but um, <laughs> maybe with FIFA or something like that online. <laughs> I'm in the startup industry, so I'm, I'm okay with table tennis. That's probably my, my best, best shot that I have. Nice. <laughs> cool. That has been very in insightful so far. I think we have a really good overview about what Dazzle can do and what you've done so far. The next question is aiming a bit towards the future. So besides you making more and a lot of money, hopefully in the future, what's, what else is coming up in the next couple of months? Well, I think a lot of the things we're getting to to a point where we actually have a pretty mature product. We have a very stable environment. Uh, we're looking at ways to to kind of scale that to different geographies. Uh, we just had a customer in India that was more of a mobile journalism customer, and they were covering the largest democratic elections in history uh, that just happened in India a couple of weeks ago. So there was a local broadcaster who needed a way they could, didn't have enough camera crew to send out to cover the event all across um, their you know their region in, in India. So they used Dazzle to actually produce from mobile cameras from journalists in the field. So with something like that, we actually had to spin up uh, servers locally in Asia so that they could actually have you know a more stable environment. So part of you know creating an evolution of our product, and the, the great thing about the cloud is the fact that we can easily scale up our infrastructure at a global level mm -hmm. to, to add better reliability across the world. Kind of from, from a feature set perspective, there's a lot of things we're doing to kind of evolve the product. We just launched a brand new user interface, which is much more user-friendly and, and adds more features. We've built graphical overlays uh, using a technology called Singular to actually add mm -hmm. 
advanced scoring, scoring that can be dynamic and fed from you know dynamic data through spreadsheets and online data and so on. Um, so this has been really good to add kind of a lot more functionality into our product. And then we're looking to actually grow our professional workflow even more. Um, we can pull in streams from like RTMP, uh, which is a traditional streaming protocol from different encoders, but we've just done an additional par partnership with Teradek that makes the Teradek Cube and the Teradek Bond and Teradek Video. These are professional kind of encoders that are used by many uh, live event producers out there. So we're building more and more reliability into the product. And one of those two is a protocol called SRT, which is um, made by High Vision, And it's an open source protocol that really adds secure, reliable transport to streaming protocols. And the idea here is because we're using what we call the dirty internet, you know, all this is, <laughs> is meant to work over 4G and, and the public internet. Um, SRT is, is trying to make the dirty internet more reliable by creating a protocol that does a better job of handling data um, and packet loss. With, with over the dirty internet, you're always going to get packets that have a chance of getting lost uh, because mm -hmm. of you know networks that are very congested. So SRT does a better job of organizing that. So we're building support for that into our, our, our platform. Very interesting and yeah, lots of uh, useful things just by, by listening to them. The only thing I'm worried about is uh, whether you will get enough uh, days off, enough vacation to, <laughs> to rest a bit, or if you will be like constantly busy with all the new things you're, that you're working on. No, I think I think we we always find enough time to play and have a good time. And unfortunately, a lot of our customers are producing really cool events, so we get to go to these events uh, <laughs> from time to time. We don't do the production ourselves. You know, the companies are actually producing this themselves, but we go on site sometimes for our larger events to help them out. Yeah, having a trip to Biarritz a couple of weeks ago was was a lot of fun. But um, nice. you know, one of the cool features we're going to be building in between now and the end of the year is you know the, the craze nowadays is machine learning and artificial intelligence. But uh, because we have our infrastructure are built on Amazon Web Services, they actually offer machine learning through their network. So a lot of the things we want to build into the future is kind of automatic switching. So you know where the action is happening. Think of a football game. That, you know, you'd be able to detect where the ball is and which shot mm -hmm. and be able to switch between that. So, you know, we haven't developed this yet, but in the future, you could actually have a multi-cam produced event that doesn't even need the interaction of a producer. So there's things like that. There's also metadata insertion where we can detect mm -hmm. what's happening inside of a particular video shot, be able to detect that and add metadata to that shot for you know indexing and adding metadata into Facebook Live and YouTube Live and so on. So there are things that we, we can do around machine learning, I think, that will be very exciting in the next year. Yeah, I agree. And uh, at some point, it will, be, it will be completely automated and some uh, jobs will not exist anymore, maybe. Yeah, including yours and mine. <laughs> <laughs> great. <laughs> then we can go to Biarritz and uh, have a good time there. That's exactly. <laughs> cool. Anything else we should know about you? Anything that we did not cover in this episode so far? Yeah, I think, you know, one of the things that you and I talked about ahead of the call was kind of, you know, what what, can, what improves your productivity, right? And uh, kind of a hack for, for pr productivity. Um, I think one of the big things with this is the ability now to actually distribute video over IP is something that the, the internet has really opened up for video distribution. And our product mm -hmm. sits very nicely. And uh, what we're able to do is actually multicast two different platforms concurrently at the same time. So, you know, just very quickly, you can authenticate your Facebook Live account, your YouTube Live account, send it also to Twitter through Periscope. Um, you know, we're actually working right now with LinkedIn Live, so we could actually do corporate event streaming, for, cool. in, in, you know, companies doing that. So the productivity hack there is the fact that you can actually go through all the work of producing one event, but then distribute it to multiple 
locations. And we're even talking to, you know, some some vendors. We were at this event last week, which was, you know, co-sponsored by EBU. And with EBU, you know, they, they actually provide a lot of content uh, to be syndicated to their network of broadcasters. So eventually I can see us having, you know, the ability to actually syndicate content that's coming off of one of our customers who's using our product. They can mm-hmm. produce the event and then sell that rights, those rights to a particular broadcaster or a particular um, a streaming network to actually distribute it. So I think those are things that I think are very interesting and, and available through the product. I like it very much. And that's a very nice glimpse into the future of what, what might be possible or what might be uh, useful in the future from, from a content perspective. Absolutely. Very cool. And one very last question is, you, you mentioned productivity hacks already. Do you also have productivity hack for your day-to-day life? So something that makes you in your work more productive. Some people, I don't know, get up at 4 a.m. in the morning, go for a run. Other people <laughs> disable all the notifications, something like that. Anything that you find useful? Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think I... I read a lot of industry you know publications mm-hmm. there's a lot that i do i think there's a a lot of technologies have kind of migrated to the cloud you know i remember i used to early in my career i did special effects and would sit there and do a whole bunch of compositing and and would design kind of after effects templates for particular clients and so on i think a lot of a lot of things now is there's so many resources out there to be able to to automate a lot of the processes that we're doing now um using cloud infrastructures. And I think that part's really interesting with the evolution of the video industry in general. So kind of the the productivity hack there is, I think you have to constantly learn and you have to have kind of a, this, this kind of inquisitive mind because otherwise you get left behind very, very quickly as things evolve and and things migrate to the cloud. Yeah, (laughs) most definitely. Cool. Ryan, that's it for today. Thank you very much for those insights. I wish you all the best for, for you, for Dazzle. And uh, yeah, I will follow your path close, closely. And I don't know, maybe at some point I will download the app and become like a content producer myself. So thank you very much for this and uh, have a good day. Thanks, Benjamin. Take care. Bye-bye.